0: Hey everyone, James Azar here for another awesome episode of CISO Talk. I'm so excited. I have a really great guest coming up here in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. So if you're just tuning into the podcast, thank you so much for tuning into the CISO Talk show. I also host the Cyber Hub podcast. You can find it on the any one of your podcast listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're there. Or look us up on YouTube under the Cyber Hub podcast YouTube channel and go subscribe. The Cyber Hub Podcast is a live podcast I do. We post daily content there Monday through Friday. So tune in, catch it every morning at 9 a.m. I do a live practitioner brief, the most efficient cybersecurity news you can get your hands on with risk, impact, and mitigation. But that's it. Now subscribe to the Sysil Talk Podcast. Share today's episode because I promise you it's going to be epic. Carlos is going to be right up at the end of the intro. Here we go, folks. From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're listening to the CISO Talk Podcast. No sales, no bullshit, just straight talk. Straight talk. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. All right, everyone, welcome to today's episode Carlos Rodriguez. He's the CISO over at Citizens Property Insurance Corp. Thank you so much for being here, Carlos. How are you?
1: Good. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I'm very happy to be here and thank thankful for all you do in terms of education to our community. Thank you very much.
0: Well, Carlos, I know you're busy like so many other CISOs. Like, there's not a day where we don't have something on our plate that's bigger than anything we've ever planned to eat for that day. But I'm grateful you took time to be on the show. I'm always happy to have, um, you know, hear new voices and so forth. And before we get into that a little bit, I'd love to, if you could tell our audience a little bit about your journey into cyber, how you got started, what was it like, and and, and how you got to your current role.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm one of those rare individuals that kind of always knew that's what I wanted to do. And it, it's because I I met a couple of people as I was doing my internship. I was assigned to a wiring this warehouse back in Venezuela, where I'm from as in, in the early night as I'm dating myself here, but that's okay. <laughs> and, and so that day, you know, I'm, I'm wiring doing cat five in the warehouse and I see these guys working on this equipment and, and, you know talking in English, um, with my broken English, my six year old came out and I'm like, What What are you doing? And they started explaining that, well, we're connecting this location here, this equipment to uh, Miami, I think it was somewhere in the US. And I'm like, What? It's like I, I couldn't comprehend that. Like, I'm in this country and they are all the way over there, and we're connecting and, and they started explaining, well, and then there's a VPN. And, you know, between the new terminology and the broken English, I'm like, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. But after that, you know, back then Alta Vista or Yahoo, whatever the search engine, where I started looking things up and that got me, that, that just sparked a fire in me. It's like, I want to connect people. I want to connect things. That's what I want to do. And, and then I learned about security and <coughs> <a> few, <coughs> excuse me, a few years late, we'll do that again. <coughs> and then a few years later, in my first IT job here in the US, but one of my first assignments was um, to set up firewalls, set up VPNs. And so there it went, that's how I got it started.
0: You know, <clears throat> So, you come from an IT background. And, you know, that's, that's, I don't want to say that's a typical journey because there's no typical journey to security. How did you end up in a CISO? How how many years of hard work did it take for you to earn that title? It's actually
1: a long, it is actually a long journey. Um, I wish my early self knew to, uh, concentrate and learn more about communications and, and what really the business is. Um, I've been in different industries too, so that, you know, it helps me in one side by seeing different ways of operations. And, and on the other side is also, it could be hurt. It could hurt you because, you know, the more you stay within an industry, the more you learn about the operations of that business. So that, that's very helpful, but I, I think all, all in all, I, I grew about, I did about 12, 15 years of uh, technology leadership in more like a CTO, which includes the security, but also operations, infrastructure, networking, all of that. And then at one point in my career, I got worn out by IT and, and just the, the hectic of it every day and decided to just focus on security. I went on to work with for a great, great, great CISO and a friend of mine now mentor, John West at Kemper at the time, he's moved on like me. And uh, he really showed me how to build the program that I had built in the past, but in a better way in a business way and remove a lot of frictions and things like that so I learned a lot from him and others throughout my career uh, but he was very key to my me getting to the next step and then I got when I got to citizens you know it's all about business it's less about security and and that could be a challenge for managing your own team as well as a relationship with others but uh, sometimes they're like you're the security guy where do you not worry about me? like well you know I am worried about it, but I'm worried about the operations of the business too. So you gotta balance those things.
0: Yeah, I I, I love that. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, you brought up managing your team. So you and I, uh, we did a CISO Thursday with uh, Renee and, and Chris and Naomi a while back. And that's all about breaking into security. One of the questions I wanted to ask you on the show and I couldn't, was when you're looking at skills and qualities when you're interviewing people, skills and qualities are most important for you
1: well obviously as you all know it depends on the role right if i'm involving involved heavily involved in the in the hiring usually is a leadership position so that will mean i'm looking for communication style i'm looking for uh, and this applies to all levels by the way but i worry more about communication um, conflict resolution and management and relationship management. Uh, those three things are key to me, program management as well is, is key. Uh, when it goes more into the operations side, uh, then I look at what they're passionate about. Are they self-started? Are they learners? We've been lucky, I'll give you an example, to we've been lucky to bring two folks with no security experience in the last year. And that's something we're very proud of. It so happened these two folks were uh, developers, so that helped them a lot. In my view, there, and the one is an application security architect, and the other one is on the security operations center. And in my view, my reasoning and my pitch to HR and my boss and, and all, you know, get support is these guys speak the language of the biggest department we have in IT, which is application development. They will help us strengthen our relationships. They know how things work. And so that that was a big plus. But both of them are also very curious person. One of them uh, is a gamer. So, you know, he's always thinking in terms of teams and and how to get to the goal. Um, He's also a actual, uh, actually he's a, I can't remember the, the arm uh, of the military that he comes from but he's a former uh, military guy who was on the paramedics unit so i cannot find a better instant responder than that guy i will not find it and what he's done in less than a year in transforming our uh instant response response processes is amazing so to dial back i look for curiosity uh, what they do, what they're passionate about. are They self learners and startups? Uh, for the operations team. I let the tech uh, my, my managers deal with the technical questions, of the you know, and the hiring process. And then from leadership point of view, communication, um, business acumen, program management.
0: I love those. I love those qualities. The curiosity. I think we're always looking for curious people. It's very interesting for me. How do you you know? When you look at curiosity, right, I find different people define curiosity very differently, right? Some look at it from an engineering perspective. Do you take things apart and put them back together? That's one level of curiosity. You've got others who will say curiosity to me is to not know something and go research it and try to master it. What's your definition of curiosity?
1: It's wanting to having a, a passion for learning, really learning something new. Uh, whatever that might be, and and how you go about it. What is your? I also dig into okay. How? What is your process to get to that? Uh, to me, for example, my own example. I recently started uh, learning guitar. I had tried last year, but with the pandemic, I kind of stopped. But I felt like, hey, you know, I need to learn something new, and music is kind of something that I like. And I was like, well. Was explore different things, and I got into the guitar and trying, but still not very good. But we'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah, guitar is a is a whole different set of skills. Let's talk a little bit about the skills we need as
1: leaders. Um, what,
0: what do you think are the intangible skills for successful
1: CEOs? Well, influence leadership, right? Leadership to me is influence. So being able to. Understand the business so you can influence the right decisions, right? Um, that's one uh, communication, of course, again, I mentioned that. Program management to me is very important because we have so many things going on. We have security operations, security architecture, GRC, or governance, risk, and compliance. We, we got a lot going on and you have to be able to, to manage all these different objectives of your program. I think program management is very important. It's another one that I always recommend to people coming up to dig into especially if their company is in that uh, transformation phase. And this is around agile. The reason I like that is twofold. One, it again, it helps you build good relationships with the developer community and others in, in, in the company, depending on, you know, whether your company uh, is adopting that framework or not, but also the training that comes with it. What I what I found is that it's a lot about leadership, stakeholder management, and, and being adaptable, which is the other another key um, skill to learn about for CISOs. Is you, things change too rapidly, and you gotta be able to pivot. So. You know, agile framework is something that I always recommend people to look into.
0: Yeah, we lost, um, you guys may have lost connection there for just a moment. I do apologize about that. We are experiencing, I think, one of those things that's considered the average interruptions of Internet. When good conversations are being had, someone's trying to plug them. could be the Russians or the Chinese. I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know. Um, Carlos, let's talk a little bit about, you know, becoming an enterprise wide leaders, you know, you, skills outside of security. You brought up something very interesting earlier. You said in in uh, where I'm at today, it's not so much about security. It's about the business. And you've got to be able to balance the two. How do you do that?
1: Well, I think uh, having conversations, uh, being being present. Is very important. And that means you, you may be uh, just in a meeting, just listening, asking to, for those opportunities. I ask our executive uh, leadership team and senior leadership team can I come to your meetings and listen in? I'll be a fly on the wall. And that way I learn a lot of what the priorities are. Uh, we, we do pretty well as a company on keeping everyone abreast of what the priorities of the business are. Now, the other thing is uh, uh aligning with the culture of the company finding what the forums for communications are how we communicate and once you understand how we communicate and you understand the the objectives of the business then you can have better conversations um outside of i uh security itself you know we have a lot of uh Different initiatives that are people-centric and whatnot, and we're a very inclusive uh, corporation. And, and we ask for volunteering up uh, for to people for to volunteer, and we and I actually when I have the bandwidth and time, I get engaged. Um, for example, currently uh, engaged on our diversity and inclusion initiatives. I'm uh, one of the team leaders there. Uh, I've worked on strategic workforce planning in the past here at Citizens too. So that goes a long way to build your brand within the company. Uh, Because remember, networking, we talk a lot about that, is also internal. And uh, you have to be there, let people know that you are there and that you are more than the guy that, you know, keep the guardrails on, that you can help in other ways. And that way, they will support you when the time is needed. That's what I found.
0: I, I, I love that building your your brand internally within the organization. That is such a brilliant takeaway from that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about cyber, right? Because we've talked about leadership, but let me let's get into the weeds. All right. So security, very very large. You know, security isn't siloed in the IT. It's so much more than that. Where do you spend the most time
1: today? What aspect? Yeah. To today, I would say uh, cloud security. I uh, spend a lot of time there, and also identity and access management. Those two, and then um, a lot of in communicating risk, obviously to to the leadership team, executive and above. Uh, we recently did an update to the board and the executive team, for example. So, uh, but from a practical, geeky point of view. Uh, cloud security is, I, I initially thought, well, it's still security is the same thing, but there are quite a few nuances that are very important to keep in mind. So uh, I dig into those a lot. Um, as you said, there's so much I cannot learn everything that I want to. So I complement that, those gaps with my team. You know, I hire people in application where I'm weaker. And so they complement me and we we'll make a great team and then identity and access management i think that that one is key to any security program right now
0: yeah so you talked a little you talked about cloud security and i think cloud security is very very interesting right because mm-hmm. really um it, it, i feel like you know i, I uh, on just the last Friday so september uh 10th uh, f- just for a date perspective so people can go back and and refer to it on YouTube, um, Ashish Rajan and I did a, a CISO talk AMA on cloud security. And I found it to be very, very interesting, um, the amount of misinformation and challenges that exist around cloud security for practitioners. What What are some of the challenges you see within cloud security today for, for people in your position and your team?
1: I think in, uh, in terms of cloud, for example, is the notion of uh, uh, lift and shift. I, I think that's a mistake that many companies make because uh, what really comes down to, you know, the cloud environment is another data center, but it's an opportunity to do the things right. So we've done a lot of work on making sure that those things that we didn't do too well in, on-prem, we're doing, uh, doing them well. Uh, on the infrastructure, cloud infrastructure, we're also looking, you know, you got to understand what it is that you're looking for because you have different flavors of, of cloud. And people think, well, you have a sub one, two, and you're done, you know, or, or something like that. Well, we're good. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not right. Um, so that, um, you know, the, uh, the differences, again, we, we're doing a lot of uh, infrastructure as service and SaaS. Well, there's different controls you have to have in place for all of those. There's different control owners that are involved there. There's a lot of education there, and I think the the other key is, is that it's education piece. When our CEO asked me in the risk steering committee, okay, what is your biggest concern? I said, well, I think to me it's configuration management in the cloud. That's you know what where things happen, and we're addressing that with people. I start with people, bringing the right people, educating the people, improving our processes, and then you know, making sure that we have the right technologies. But it's very complex, it is, and it's not just the technology. It's a lot has to do with education and, and the people and process side.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see the education piece being critical, especially when it comes to cloud, because so often, so often, People don't understand, like you said, the lift and shift doesn't really work. I loved your approach, by the way, when you said "On, by, by moving to the cloud, I can actually fix things that were inherently flawed at their core because you're really rebuilding into a new data center. And so you're able to address a lot of those vulnerabilities or weaknesses or just um, um, extra computing processes. So how many times you end up you know, on-prem We don't really look at computing because, well, what's another server? What's another server? It's a little bit of money, but it's part of your budget. It doesn't really matter. Computing power. But in the data center, you're like everything becomes a computing formula. How do I keep those costs very, very low? So you start to get very, very resourceful, right? It's almost like if you've ever driven around the country here and if you've never been on a real highway, if you've driven down a rural highway, the only thing you see is Dollar Trees and Dollar Stores, right? And you've got to be really resourceful when you walk into one of those, you know, to eat healthy. You do. Um, so it's almost the same. I kind of want to take you to that.
1: <laughs> no, well, I was going to add that um, the lift and shift, for example, I mean, there's a place for it. You cannot just say no. No, we can't do that. There are reasons why at certain points in time you, you're going to have to do it for business reasons, again. So keep that in mind, but but the, the key here is with with that or any other decision that you make is clear ownership of risk. Of risk. You know, right. okay, we'll do this. Um, you accept the risk of doing that, yes or no? And then you make the decision, move forward.
0: You know, when we look at challenges that security practitioners are starting to overcome, what challenges do you think were Kind of are becoming to be if you still have this problem. It's almost a signal of an immature program
1: That's an interesting question. I think uh, we are communicating better uh, In the industry as a whole Uh, We still have ways to go, but uh, I think it's much better. I think I see more people uh, Being interested in learning the business side so they can understand What really matters to the company? And the other thing is, uh, and that's, those two are a byproduct of what I said, that those shops that adopt Agile transformation, I think right. are a little bit ahead of others that are not, uh, of what I see anyway. But I think in, in, in general is the communication, the partnership, the, the relationship management that comes with, uh, with the Agile shop and the business environment. I think those are things that are getting better. It used to be, hey, here, go fix all these. Now we're more partnering more, let's fix it together, let's give you advice and whatnot.
0: What aspect are we still, do, we, do you still think we have a long way before we fix it?
1: I think the cloud side is one area where, again, we talk just talk about, well, we have the controls, it's lift and shift, it's gonna be okay because the cloud is super secure. Well. Yeah, to a certain point, especially the areas that are on the um, cloud provider, those are usually pretty good. Uh, but you still cannot uh, neglect or, or, you know, forget about doing your assurance practices, your compliance, and, and do the right design as well. It's not the same. It's not the same hosting internally than in a uh, infrastructure as a service for example it is definitely not the same uh providing security to uh platform as a service Um, so i've seen a lot of uh chats about for example uh salesforce and how to secure that well most people think well they got it we don't have to worry about that's a lot of conversation that need to happen with the teams to make sure that the right controls, the right uh, compliance steps are in place.
0: Yeah, that's that's always to me very interesting. It's, it's funny to see that the aspect that you spend the most time on was the one that you've connected to what we still need to work on. And that just shows me that, you know, as practitioners, we're constantly trying to chase the right solution. And unfortunately, because of the complexities and intricacies that exist within our own architectures and networks and infrastructures. There's no real perfect solution for anything when it comes to security. You're almost, everything is custom made. So think of like walking to a burger place. I think security is like this. I think security is not a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A or a Burger King or a Burger Fi or any of those. None of them sponsor the show, but if they want to sponsor the show, we'll gladly bring them on. Um, that's, that's not the case. I think security from a... Solution perspective is almost like a BYOD, right? Build your own burger. Right? It's it's kind of like you walk in and you go, "What kind of bun do I want? How many patties and what size patties do I want? What sauces and toppings?" And you've almost you almost mishmash it, and there's no right or wrong burger. There's no really good one and really really bad one. It's the right one for the person who's making it because of the complexities and the taste buds of that person. And so many times people try to create these unrealistic standards for us that just like you know you'll you'll be talking to executive leadership and they'll say something well why aren't we doing you know NIST and you're like well NIST is very complex we don't have the maturity it's not our budget and you're like ah like stop reading Wall Street Journal like just <laughs> don't do it anymore. Um it's very very complex. Let's let, let me ask you this one though. You know as as we look at security you talked about being part of the business and so forth. But how do you build a good security culture within the business itself? What are some of your tips and tricks? Some of your best practices of how you get people to buy in to a security first culture within an organization?
1: Yeah, well, first you made me hungry, so make sure you invite me back when you get one of those sponsors. So, yeah, I'm really hungry now. Um, so, yeah, so I don't try to. We don't. Our team. We don't try to change the culture that's not going to happen we need to integrate into the culture so for us for example it started with our own team when i first joined it's like hey the rest of the company does agile what do you guys think about that and there wasn't very warm and positive with with uh, the agile team uh, and, and methodologies but i said okay well let's we have a culture of experimental let's try different things let's see what works and so we got the team to get Te, uh, you know, testing the waters, experimenting, and adopting different things. And that what that did was also that the company started seeing, okay, these guys are now on, on on board; they weren't before. So that then opened up a, a whole bunch of different um, uh, platforms for all, for us to distribute information, for talking to people. Uh, and that's what we've done. Uh, we are out there. One of us. Uh, different platforms of uh, within the company. Then we also started, although that kind of fell off uh, during the pandemic because of the shifting of, of uh, pivoting priorities, but we started and we're about to restart, relaunch, rebrand our security champions program. And there's a lot of interest there. Uh, and what that we're looking at doing with that is uh, having uh, smaller units across the, the company you know, they are more aware of what, what we're looking for. The other thing really is listening for feedback. Being, you know, being able to, if we release a tool, whatever that might be, being able to ingest feedback so we can make it better. An example is we, we put in our SDLC process a tool to measure, uh, to um, uh come up with a small risk analysis to give us a, a, an inherent risk, and then look at the controls and do the control design. And when I started, it was very, uh, uh, very um, disparate. It was like each engineer would do their own thing. It wasn't consistent is the word I was looking for. And so that's the feedback I got. I'm like, well, let's do something together. So I, I, I started building a tool, then I gave it to the team. See what you can do with this. they made it much better, and then they were with our architects, enterprise architects with our different unit, got feedback in there and now the enterprise architects run with the tool. we don't really we, we ingest it we then make recommendations and and go back uh, and keep going. So that's always been a, a good uh, feedback we've received is uh, we're listening to them to the business, to the company, you know, one of the executives in one meeting said, you know, just gave kudos to the entire security team for being more collaborative. So, and being there and helping them understand. We also have some tools like, you know, video trainings, fishing exercises that we work on. Or if there is an incident, the first thing we do is tell people, help people feel comfortable. If it was a mistake, hey, we understand, let's get through it. It's fine. But you know, let us know next time quicker, right? Every time, every opportunity we have to, hey, let us know, let us know. We we do that. And we have different ways of, of doing that. So, but yeah, it's being out there, being collaborative, letting them know that we are here to help them not to not to hurt them is what's been successful for us.
0: Yeah, I love that. The relationship building aspect is so underestimated yeah. uh, in the role of, 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 of a chief information security officer. We're at the favorite part of the show, the CISO Insight Round. We're I love kind of, you. Kind of redone the question. So you're the first uh, to get, did you, do you have me now? I have you We're not. having connections. I have all you right so Insight Round. You're the first to get the five new. So we'll start off with the first one my buzzword graveyard. What buzzword would you like to bury?
1: Zero trust. Zero trust has been buried so many times. Why, Carlos? Why? It's it's, it's zero trust to me is just another way of saying manage identity and access management and and network segmentation, really. Uh, That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. And, And not only that, but, you know, I had this conversation with one executive and the senior IT leadership here last week, I think. My team is pushing me to, well, okay, let's adopt the zero trust. I'm like, yes, let's do it, but don't call it zero trust. But why? I'm like, guys, this company, the culture, if I go tell someone zero trust, they're going to frown at me and it's not going to go well. It's just like a little bit of a negative connotation to me, depending on the environment you are in. So we, we still do it, we just call it something else.
0: What's one technology that'll change the way we practice cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that too. Um, I think you know you've talked a lot in, in different uh, in your different podcasts about automation. So anything that can lead us there, I think, will be very helpful. Um, you know, uh, swarming is another uh, area that, that I think about and look at. Uh, so anything machine learning, AI, that all of that cognitive technology, I think, can be helpful to security programs uh, in general.
0: Yeah, especially with uh, with 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 some of the the, the stuff that we, we we have to deal with. So I, I agree with you. What's a current book you're reading?
1: I uh, got two. One is tech, well not techie, but a security book. Is uh, I had it here. Move um, it. Fire doesn't innovate by Keith Boyle. Really, very good book that I recommend. I actually already recommended to our executives and senior leadership team. It's a security book written in. in in uh, business terms, I just finished it. And then I saw a Spaniard novel uh, from, from uh, an author called Carlos Ruiz Zafon That is really awesome. It's four books. I'm on the third one. And uh, I can't get away from it. Uh, the thir- the one I'm reading is uh, called The uh, Game of the Angel. And it's in Spanish. but that's a translation. Awesome.
0: Love that. What are you streaming right now?
1: um the, watching uh the bad batch all the marble things that come out uh and i'm about to start i'm behind on this one money heist if you haven't watched any of the seasons it has a little bit of cyber Casa de papel. yeah exactly <laughs> like Casa de papel it, it is pretty cool and it has a little bit of cyber that's why you know part of the reason i like it and uh it, it's a good show
0: yeah um, I, I'd break down the Bella Chow, but that's way too communist for me. I
1: learned that. That was one of the things that I learned on my guitar. On that song. <laughs> I know it's kind of a controversial song, but it's easy to play.
0: <laughs> it is very easy to play. Uh, and your favorite music that's not Bella Chow.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, um, i actually big on salsa, but old salsa, 80s, 90s salsa. But uh, I really like any type of music. But salsa is the one that I but I live with 80s and 90s also.
0: I love it. Carlos, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us here on CISO Talk. I really do appreciate it. Um, and I value your insight. And, and I'm so glad that uh, we got to hear a little bit from you. I took away a lot of really good things from today's episode. One thing that you highlighted throughout the entire show today was the need for uh, security practitioners to be uh, relationship builders within the organization. And I think that's critical for a lot of people to let that kind of sink in is be a partner and not just a guy who's – or a department that's, that's being a hindrance. Um, and and you delivered that message clearly, effectively today, and I appreciate you doing that. Folks, Carlos Rodriguez, how can people get a hold of you, Carlos? What's the easiest way?
1: Uh, yeah, hit me mean, uh, LinkedIn, uh I think my handle is C, Rodriguez A., uh, but uh, you can find me there and uh, <clears throat> that's the main platform i use uh, for social media
0: brilliant folks carlos rodriguez ciso over a citizen's property insurance corporation thank you all for tuning into this week's ciso talk we'll be going uh, live with a lot more episodes come november we have veteran november coming up uh an, an entire month you'll be getting daily content 15 uh, minute episodes hearing the stories of veterans, uh, men and women who've served our nation in a a project I started last year called Veteran November that we'll be continuing to do this year as well. And on Veterans Day, I'll be doing a 12-hour live stream, a fundraiser for Project Refit. We'll be raising money to help veterans get the support they need once they're home, uh, dealing with their PTSD and so many other Uh, uh, challenges that they come up with. That's going to be on Veterans Day, Thursday, November 11th. It'll be a live stream that'll start at 9 a.m. with the practitioner brief, and it'll go until we hit our fundraising goal. So that'll be up to all of you loyal listeners and viewers to tune in um, and donate what you can to help support Project ReFit. Until next time, folks, Carlos Rodriguez, thank you again, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you, all of you, for taking time out of your day to listen to the show. The show would not be possible without you. Until next time, have a great rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever you are listening or watching the show. Thank you, and stay cyber safe. Thank, thank you. all. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. And get all the latest information
1: at cyberhubpodcast.com.